following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they'll be stronger together. They can help your business from retirement planning, payroll, audits, tax help, and more. Go to BeanGarter.com to find out about the merger and also how Bean Garter is stronger together with Dorn Mayhew. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. We are back live across Michigan Thursday broadcast with Superfly Hayes as our executive producer, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, offensive lineman. He will join us coming up in just a few moments. His thoughts on where the Wolverines are at as a team, three games in and going in to the Rutgers game on Saturday at the Big House. We also threw out our McDonald's of Michigan huge question of the day that you can answer. Must win situation for the Lions on Sunday. What do you think? You can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1 That's 1 Huge. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show. On Facebook, I say it's a must win. We'll talk with former Lion Lomas Brown, Josh Garvey from Dorn Mayhew. He heads up the Bean Garter office. End of the year, there'll be Dorn Mayhew across the board. He'll be in studio. That's in less than an hour. Also, get your picks in in the Beat Huge contest. If you can beat my pro football picks, you could win $1,500 in cash from Josh and his team at Bean Garter. Soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. Just go to thehugeshow.net. Thursday night, pro football game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning every week to play at thehugeshow.net. And that $1,500 in cash could be yours. Let's go to Matt in Muskegon on Michigan's West Coast. Listening on 96.1 The Game. You can hear out of GR in Muskegon and also down in Kalamazoo. How you doing, my friend? Good, Bill. Thank you for taking my phone call. May I comment on the Lions and Michigan just real quick? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Okay, the Lions is a must win. I have not bought in to the hype like most people in the state of Michigan have. One, dude hasn't been to the playoffs yet, nor has he won a playoff game. So until that happens, I'm not sold. Also, how long before the players, you know, you can tell me to play so hard and you can give these great speeches, but then I put you in a position to win the game as a player and you make bad decisions as a head coach and we lose the game because of you. Not because of me, but because of you. Second of all, Michigan reminds me of the Clemson team in 2017 where they weren't winning by big margins against mediocre teams early on, and then they start to hit the pedal. they got a lot of veterans on this football team who have won close football games. I'm looking for Michigan to play much better football the second half of the season. Thank you for taking my phone call, Bill. Yeah, great call in Muskegon. Again, you can hear 96-1 the game out of Grand Rapids in Muskegon and even down in the Kalamazoo area. 19 stations strong for the one close to you wherever you're traveling 
across the state or wherever you live, go to thehugeshow.net. There, there's the free stream weekdays at 3. And also, every show airs in its entirety every three hours. Superfly puts together the all-night, all-day replay weeknights at 6 p.m. until the next show airs at thehugeshow.net. Let's go talk Michigan football. Doug Skeen, he's a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast. You can hear weekly with Chris Ballas at thewolverine.com. Five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s. He joins us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. What's up, my man? Bill, how you doing this afternoon? Doing good. Uh, you know, football is full force. High school to college to the pros. The weeks just fly by. Already going into week four for high school. Uh, week or yeah, excuse me, week five for high schools. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Week four, they're, they're, yeah, they're halfway done. Yeah, way more than halfway done in the regular season. Week four uh, for Michigan and most of D one football. And the Lions, you know, are two games in with a must win situation on Sunday at home against the Falcons. You know, when you do look at Michigan football, a quarter of the way into their season before we get to kickoff of Rutgers on Saturday at the Big House. From what you were thinking in August at our Tallymore Fall Football Summit when we talked about Michigan, the Big Ten, and the upcoming season, Lions, NFL, from what we discussed and your thoughts on Michigan then, have you seen anything through the first three games that upgrades or downgrades your projection on this team? Well, for sure, we've got we've got the second-ranked total defense in, in all of college football right now that was better than I thought they would be for sure and better than advertised we were told you know coming into fall camp they were high on this defense and now through September that defense is really performing well and that's good because you need that when on the opposite side of the football things are a little underwhelming in some ways Bill we've won these games easy but the reality is we're middle of the road and total offense, and I'm sorry, yeah, total offense and passing offense. We're 61st and I think rushing and 68th and passing and maybe vice versa, but there's about 125 or so Division One college football teams and Michigan's offense is sitting right in the middle of both of those categories. That's not nearly what it would be, so that's a little concerning. Uh, the good news is I think J.J. is, with the exception of that Bowling Green game, he's been better than advertised uh, you know, I think he's clearly advanced his game in spite of what we saw there against Bowling Green. Now, he better not do that again against Rutgers here because uh, it's better. But at this point, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the overall statistical performance of this offense considering the rushing attack that we were supposed to have. It just hasn't been where I thought it would be. And why the struggles? Is it no hardball on the sidelines, different head coaches every week? Uh, the fact that you're playing three dog teams and they didn't show their playbook. I know we discussed that a year ago, and it worked out pretty well for Michigan outside of that first half against TCU in the college football playoff. Uh, why middle-of-the-pack numbers on offense for Michigan? Well, I think there's a few factors there. Number one, you've had a couple defenses that have really set their, their game plan to stop the run, which causes us to pass, and that's a good thing because we can pass pretty well. We've had uh, Roman Wilson and, and a couple other guys step up in a big way passing-wise, so that's one of the reasons the rushing offense hasn't been all that wonderful. I do believe that that playbook has been restricted 
uh, to a point, and that doesn't surprise me one bit at all. And I think the third factor is they've been mixing up this combination of the starting offensive line, especially, obviously, at the tackle position there, moving guys in and out. Carson Barnhart playing left, and now he's playing right. You've had a couple other guys working in there with Hinton and now with Darius at left tackle. So I've always said, and I'll continue to say, offensive lines, they need time to marinate together. They need time to to get all those thousands of reps together, and, and not just in practice, but in game time. And in time, I think that'll come around, but it's it's time. It's time for this offense to ascend to the top 25 in both of these categories and not be middle of the road. Well, what's ascend? Uh, that beginning with the Rutgers game on Saturday for you as a former Michigan player, as a five-time champion, you know what it takes uh, to win rings at Michigan. Uh, what What is the right visual that this team is ascending that you'll be looking for Saturday in that Big Ten opener? Yeah, it's always the same thing, Phil. No tackles for losses on those running plays. You can't have that. And what that means is guys standing at our line of scrimmage or in the backfield causing our backs to have to make cuts long before they're supposed to. So no tackles for losses. Uh, Pressures and hits on the quarterback, especially in the first quarter of the game. And pass protection has been pretty good. Uh, through the first few games of the season here, but those are always the measurements. No one touches the quarterback ever. It can't. It just can't happen. If your pass protection is as good as advertised, that shouldn't be happening. And so if you do those two things, you just keep the ball moving forward, then statistically you're going to be fine. But I always look for at least 150 yards of rushing, and with the, with the running back of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, we should have that maybe with at least one of those guys and the other guy gets at least 50 to 75 yards. So a couple hundred yards of rushing from this offense is almost kind of expected because that's been the foundation of what the Jim Harbaugh offense has been. Now, again, if the defense is going to stack their safeties right behind those middle linebackers, you, you have no choice. you got to throw the football. But we'll see how this goes. Rutgers has always been very good coached under Greg Schiano. I expect that to be the same on Saturday. I think this game will be tighter than some people think it should be. Uh, it's not going to make me panic, but I just want to see those developments along that offensive front, uh, cleaning up those little tiny messes so that this offense can perform to the way it should be. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast, heard every week with Chris Ballas at TheWolverine.com. He's joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Yeah, I kind of look at a year ago, and we were wondering, okay, when they gonna, you know, when JJ took over for Cade, when they gonna unleash him, and we really didn't see it uh, in its full glory until that game uh, at uh, Ohio State. So Harbaugh has a plan, has a system, uh, has a way of getting them ready towards the end of the season. It's worked the last two years, and like I said yesterday and all week long. I'm not going to dissect the number two team in the country when they're 3-0. and If you're looking for 57-7 blowouts to cover your bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, so be it. But Michigan is number two. They are undefeated. And until they lose to teams they shouldn't lose to, uh, then I'll drop the huge opinions. Yeah, that's absolutely fair, Bill. And in my comments and concerns about where Michigan's offense sits statistically – are certainly tempered by the fact that we are 3-0, and we won, have won these games rather handily. 
I just look at the individual performance of that offensive line, and I see a, a unit that should be better than what it has shown so far, especially complemented with those backs. So, yeah, I'm a greedy old offensive lineman, and I know these guys are better than what they've shown. I just want to see them do what I know they're capable of doing. And why is the Michigan offensive line struggling, Doug, as a former O-lineman, five Big Ten titles at Michigan. Uh, you look at a game differently than most would, being a former lineman. Why is the Michigan O-line not as good as advertised right now? Well, I think they're good, Bill. I mean, let me, let me clarify. I think they are good. I don't know how many sacks we've given up this year. We haven't gotten our quarterback really drilled hard. So they are doing well. I just don't think they're doing as well as they could be because of all that talent they've got, especially in the middle of that offensive line with those two guards and a really outstanding player, Nugent, who came over from Stanford. So it goes back to the things we talked about earlier. you got to get a starting five set, five guys, and those tackles settled in there so those guards can work with those tackles and get familiar with them. And we've got to get into a groove with these backs, including Donovan Edwards, to find out where the comfort level is and what this offense is trying to do. I have no doubts that they're going to be able to do it. I just need to see that now that the Big Ten season is now upon us. My visual, uh, without getting too technical on the O-line, Doug, the visual from last year to this year is that they're not bulldozing opponents as much as they did last year. And the opponents so far have been East Carolina and you know, Bowling Green and UNLV. That, that, that would be a concern of mine and JJ's performance last Saturday, whether he's under the weather, whatever's going on uh, for one game, I can live with it because the dude's been money the first two. But the O line, not just trucking uh, teams and nothing personal against East Carolina, UNLV, or Bowling Green, but they are second and third tier teams. Well, that is a, that is a concern. I mean, look at that, and you go, oh, it's just Bowling Green. Oh, it's it's. It's just East Carolina, but they are still Division One athletes, Bill, and when they park their safeties two or three steps behind those middle linebackers, I don't care what running game you have drawn up. That's difficult to run the football. But on the flip side of that, this goes back to some of the, some of the, the, the details that I look for. It's those tackles for losses, and when you see Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards having to make a break in his backfield because someone's standing at the line of scrimmage and maybe we didn't have a clean double team at the point of attack, those are the tiny little things that have to get cleaned up if this team wants to get to where it wants to be here at the end of the season. I fully expect them to do it, and now, now is the time of year where they have to do it. You've got to get going here, fellas. You cannot be this kind of experienced offensive front and have the 61st, 61st ranked rushing offense in America. One thing I've noticed, and it goes back to East Carolina, who started it, and UNLVM, Bowling Green all did it, and walking up those safeties – are they saying that Michigan doesn't have the speed to get by them? Because that's kind of concerning, uh, really concerning, if East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green, a Mac school, feel that way, that they're going to walk up their safeties to play the run because they don't believe Michigan has the deep threats at wide receiver outside of Roman Wilson. No, well, that could be the game plan. I don't know. I'm, you know, it's, 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 it certainly makes sense on one hand that that would be their, their attempt uh, because Michigan's identity is run heavy to force the plays down the field. And the good news is that with J.J. and Wilson and Johnson, these guys ha- have been making some really nice plays down the field. And so, again, you know, the old cliches of given what a defense will, will give you or take what a defense will give you are certainly in play. Uh, again, 
we'll see how this goes as, as, as more teams load up to take away this run, then we'll just throw the football, and then when they back off, and I would expect you to see that pendulum swing, swing the other way, and then we should be running the football more effectively. But a, a well-coached, well-balanced offense is not going to look at, an, at, a, at a nine-man front and say, well, let's run our power game anyway. Uh, you can do that down inside the five- or ten-yard line when you need a few yards, and Michigan has done well at times there. But out in the middle of the field, if they got that box stacked up, it's time to put the football in the air. You make a check at the line of scrimmage, you throw your route, and off we go to first downs. Doug Skeen, former Big Ten champion offensive lineman, five rings at Michigan late 80s, early 90s, co-host with Chris Ballas on the Michigan Football Podcast, heard weekly at thewolverine.com, joining us on the huge show across Michigan. Uh, from what you've seen around the Big Ten, any teams that concern you more than they did back in August at our Tullymore Fall Football Golf Summit or less? Uh, if there's any, I think maybe Penn State. I, I temper that to a degree because uh, Franklin's still the head coach there. I've openly talked about this. Uh, I don't know that he's the best game day coach. I think he's only as good as his assistants uh, have, have been there at, at Penn State. But they got some football players in that defense. They got an outstanding defensive end. They got an outstanding offensive tackle. They got a really good safety. They got a really good linebacker. So Penn State's got my eyebrows up a little bit. Uh, I don't think you know. I don't think that translates into oh my gosh. I think we're going to lose that game. I think we're still going to win that football game. But this ties back to what we've been talking about, Bill. This offensive line, you you cannot afford uh, leaky blocking performance when you go to a place like Penn State. You got to be clean and tight up there if you want to go into places like that and win. And so we've got a few more weeks here to get this going. Uh, Rutgers, I think, presents a really unique challenge in that. Like I said earlier, Greg Schiano is a good football coach, knows how to coach in the Big Ten. So this is not going to be an easy one. It's not going to be a walkaway win. If it is, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Doug, always good stuff with you, my man. Enjoy your weekend, enjoy the game, and we'll talk soon. All right, Bill. Go Blue. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Doug Skeeton checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Yeah, this is, uh, it, they're 3-0. and They're number two in America. Yeah, we can kind of look at areas, and is it a true gauge? I had these same concerns last year. Oh, they're handcuffing JJ. They don't throw deep. I... I look at the Ohio State game and Harbaugh's game plan that nobody saw coming, and I, I still think it was one of the most shocking things I've seen with Michigan football because their game plan was the difference. And all those athletes they bring to Ann Arbor, they have speed. They have the ability to separate. They just don't use it. So we'll see. Big Ten play begins on Saturday against Rutgers. All right, so we got college football tonight. You got the NFL. I don't know how many of you have downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, but you need to do it. Always use code HUGE when you sign up. And nothing beats being in on the NFL and college football action. So here's what you need to do. New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up will just have to bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And also, DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September if you have the DraftKings Sportsbook app downloaded. 
and you're already a customer. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code HUGE. New customers then can bet that $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and only when you sign up with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Superfly tells me that on the way, Tim Stout from our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Latest on the Mel Tucker situation. Who's on the short list to replace Tucker when he is formally fired? And what about that matchup with Maryland at Spartan Stadium on Saturday? We'll hear from Stout next from East Lansing. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Fuel up for less with M-Perks. Earn points on your purchases when you shop at Meyer in-store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save at the pump. Your dollar goes further at the pump with M-Perks. Plus, earn points for all qualifying purchases in the Meyer Express station. And keep a lookout for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Enter your M-Perks ID at checkout to earn. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max 30 gallons. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meyer.com to learn more. Huge here for my good friend, Matt Golden. Now, he's the CEO and GM at the Tullymore Golf Resort. They're in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids. And fall golf is here, and they have some huge deals you can take advantage of on stay-and-play packages, tee times, and more. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. Also, if you want to book a Christmas party for the holidays, you want to squeeze in a business meeting, with some golf and great food and beverages. Matt Golden and his team can take care of you right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're also booking big groups who want stay and play packages, or maybe you just want to look ahead to the perfect weekend in 2024. Remember, Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Book your stay and play package or get more info now at TullymoreGolf.com. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Elevate your night out at the legendary Roots Chris Steakhouse. Now open at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. 
Start with the finest cuts of USDA prime beef. Pair that with handcrafted cocktails, signature shots, and Roots' legendary hospitality, and you've got yourself one incredible night. Roots Chris Steakhouse has arrived. Make a reservation at RootsChris.com for your incredible night at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. Listening to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. The huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. We do have our McDonald's of Michigan. They have their best burger on the board campaign going. I recommend the tastier, juicier Big Mac available at all McDonald's in Michigan. Stop by and try your best burger at your local McDonald's. Must-win situation for the Lions on Sunday, yes or no, against the Falcons. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. Let's go get an update on the Mel Tucker situation. Also, Michigan State back on the football field Saturday against Maryland. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, Radio, TV Guy, AM 730, weekday mornings at 10 a.m. in Lansing. Huge show is carried in Lansing weeknights, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. on the game. AM 730, Tim is standing by. How you doing, my friend? Good, Bill. Nice day today. Good day, beautiful day. What a September we've had. And we've had bad Septembers before, but at least we're going to get out of it, it looks like, with every single weekend great for football. So, terrific. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh well, any uh, couple of quiet days, actually, a quiet 36 hours in the Mel Tucker situation. Are you hearing uh, anything uh, out of the MSU campus? Well, I think Michigan State's team, uh, you know, they've now had a game without Tucker, and they've had a game with that staff at Justin. They've had a chance to look at some tape against a really good team. I'll tell you, Bill, I've seen – a lot of football in Spartan Stadium. I saw the 95 Nebraska team clobber Saban's first Michigan State team, and I saw the 66 Notre Dame team, which was a national champion of the 10-10 tie game, and I thought those were two terrific teams, the best I'd seen. But I'll tell you, that Washington team to me, my first thought was when I watched that game, I said, if these guys came to the state play Michigan, I wonder how that game would turn out. I think Washington is really, really good. All right, so state didn't do much, but at least they get now a chance to measure where they are against the best because that, you know, they're going to get some obvious, some, some big matchups coming up down the road. I think the Maryland game is obviously crucial in a variety of ways. I don't know if the Lions have a must win. They got 14 more, but Michigan State has got a shorter schedule. They got five road games left after they get done with the fourth home game. I think, 
I'm a little different from most people around here. It's not that I think State's that great. I, I'm I'm suspect with Maryland, Bill. I, I don't think the quarterback there, even though we're an eight-point favorite, I, I got to see him play the way that Washington's quarterback, Michael Penix, did. I know Maryland's 3-0, and but they've been all home. They've had a struggle early on in two of those games, and I just think off one game now that State's kind of shaking it off now, the, the shock of losing Tucker, and now they know the fate of this all the way around. They know Barnett's going to finish the season. They know that staff's going to finish the season. If nothing else, they can settle down now and see if they can play better than that. And I would think if for no other reason, Maryland is not what Washington is, even though Maryland is 3-0. and Now, would I be shocked if Maryland won this thing 30-14? to Not shocked, but I would be somewhat surprised because I just would have a hard time thinking that they fell apart as much as they did. Um, so we'll see. It's the Obviously, it's the angle, the intrigue. And like Harlan Barnett said this week, the key is discipline. He thinks that they had too many players that were out of position that were a little – I think they were shaken up, Bill, by all that last week. And then when they got behind right away, you know, now you're playing from behind and you know you're going to have to – and it's 35 to nothing at half. The game is over. The crowd left and all that. But if they can put that behind them, I think they can clearly play with Maryland. If they don't, then your 4-8 and eight looks optimistic. If they do win, I don't think they'll win at Iowa in prime time, but at least they'll feel better about themselves with two-thirds of the schedule left to play. And away from football, uh, which Michigan State you know, has a schedule in the Big Ten, uh, like I said, kind of quiet with uh, Mel Tucker uh, news. Uh, are you hearing anything from your contacts inside East Lansing? Well, I think there is a list. Uh, no question that every athletic director assembles about potential candidates one way or the other. I mean, their their focus is divided. Someone on that, and so they got to get past this Tucker thing next Tuesday, which they are clearly going to try to do. And once it gets out of the athletic department's hands and gets to the lawyers or whoever else, then I think clearly it becomes an issue moving forward. Now, I think one thing that's going to slow them down on this, Bill, is what's the team going to do? If the team struggles, then that just accelerates the search for who they want. And they have decisions they have to make. I mean, are we going to go all out with the money and find a big name guy? Are we? And it's hard to do that, you know, when you're doing it during a season. The, and I hear, I, I see the name P.J. Fleck, and I would be shocked if they go after him. I just don't see him as a fit at Michigan State. I don't know enough about Mike Elko at Duke. I watched him beat Clemson, but that was kind of a one-game thing. And I do think, Bill, Michigan State is going to be very, 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 timid, if that's the right term, on this next hire, hoping upon hope it doesn't get, uh, you know, a disintegration like it did with the past hire that was rushed because D'Antonio left in February. I think anybody that speculates on a specific name beyond Harlan Barnett, who I do not think will get this job, but anybody that speculates on a specific name, in my opinion, it is simply that it is purely speculation. So, and I don't... I mean, I don't know why Mike Elko, I, I, I you know, he, I mean, look, who's red hot right now? Well, you know, Duke's undefeated. He started there a year ago and they were nine and four. He's got a big win so far this season, how they proceed moving forward. Then the next thing, Bill, who's going to make the call? Is that Alan Haller alone? 
Is that Alan Haller with a board of trustees? Is that Alan Haller with a sitting interim president? Did they wait to see if they can get a sitting president? I had Izzo on the air today, and he's on the search committee of the president. And so, of course, I always tease him about that because I don't think he wanted to do it in the first place. And I asked him, are you on the timeline as a presidential search committee member to have someone Thanksgiving, or is that all premature now? And I got the feeling thinking they would like to have a president by Thanksgiving. Well, that weekend is the weekend of the last Michigan State home game with Penn State. And if a president is named by then, he or she, are they included, not included, consulted? Does the new president know anything about big-time athletics or not know anything about athletics and kind of washes or her hands with that whole thing and give it to the athletic department? I mean, look, there are more questions here in all of this than there are certain answers other than the fact that I do think that it's going to come to uh, a final the decision on Tucker next Tuesday because they'll announce that he has been terminated and then let the legal games begin from there. And you have the Jones Day investigation on allegations of leaks and the word or words MSU officials plural was used. So what coach is going to come in here? You don't know who's safe. Uh, what if what if it's a high ranking official? Or athletic director that leaked to whoever. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, you know, this this Michigan State dream list, and it happened with Michigan when they were going through Rich Rod and everybody after Lloyd Carr until they got Harbaugh, is that all these fans and, and the media guys all put out these lists of the biggest, hottest names who all want to come to East Lansing or Ann Arbor. And if you remember, Michigan State because of the sudden resignation of D'Antonio, had to settle on a coach who was 5-7 and seven at Colorado. Well, it was a huge air ball. It was a huge air ball. Uh, you know, Bill, and look, uh, Monday morning quarterback's easy. When he got that contract extension after they rallied to beat Michigan, I said to myself, Michigan State is not a $95 million contract school. Maybe Oklahoma or Alabama or Southern Cal, maybe they are. Maybe even Michigan is. But Michigan State is not a $95 million contract school. That's way beyond what they've got committed to someone like Izzo or any other coach. And I thought at the time that is going to be an albatross for them because he's going to be expected then to win everything in sight, which was totally unrealistic. And I thought when he accepted that, I'd accept it too, but I thought that's good. That I thought it'll never get paid because one way or the other, he will never last through that thing because it's going to be a problem. Now that I see this issue coming up, no, I did not. But I think, Bill, if Michigan State's going to get out from underneath that, and remember, the people that got him that contract are all long gone for the most part. Okay, so now the current regime, and they've got some, they've got some financial issues there, Bill. They've got bills to pay on a lot of these facilities. They, they've got, they've got the new president's going to look at the ledger on athletic finances, which has not been made public. I'm telling you, they owe money for a lot of things. They've got 78 million in that football building. It's nowhere near paid for. They've got. 26 million in the hockey building. It's nowhere near paid for. They have other projects that are ongoing. They paid the women's basketball coach four times, which she was getting at Bowling Green. They got to get out from underneath Tucker's contract, however they have to do it. So he he didn't have to win one single game to get 95 million. The only way he could blow that was to violate his contract. Now that's going to be in dispute. But what won't be in dispute is they're going to get rid of him 
move on from there. And I do think whoever the new coach is is going to have cards to play because, as you say, Michigan State's got some issues to deal with. It won't be $95 million coming in the front door, but there will be some protection in there for the next coach in a variety of different ways because he knows Michigan State is absolutely going to have to try to overcome the problem of what this contract led to. You know, money's the root of all evil in a lot of ways, and I knew I didn't know how many he was going to win. But when I saw what they were going to pay him, I remember telling staff guys, I said, that'll never, ever, ever get paid because you'll never last 10 years with that thing around his neck. I, I, and I believe that, believe me. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, TV guy in the Lansing area, weekday mornings uh, at 10 a.m., like I mentioned. Huge show tape delayed on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, weeknights, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. Yeah, no coach is going to walk into this hornet's nest Right now, you got investigations going on here. You got Title IX hearings. Uh, you got a termination uh, rebuttal period uh, going on right now. Uh, these fans, these message boards talking about every big name in America wants to come to Michigan State. It didn't happen last time. And Michigan had, well, if, if Michigan didn't have Hackett, they never going to get Harbaugh. I mean, all these schools just think every big name wants to come to their school. And you're right, depending on what is. Uh, the buyout, if there is any buyout, what is the settlement, if there is any settlement, who survives all of this? Because the one thing I'll tell you, Tim, where, uh, you know, who's at fault in this leadership? Is it having an interim president? Is it Haller? Is it the board of trustees? How do you allow everything to get back to where it is right now? In my experience here, Bill, and, you know, I mean, I've been on the air. I don't like to brag about it because it just makes you sound like an old fogey. But in my 54 years on the air here. Oh, my God. Yeah, it seems like there are so many occasions when these athletic hassles come up. How often is somehow, some way, the board of trustees drawn into it publicly? I mean, last week, for instance, one of the board members, she thought, you know, I'm going to send out a news release that said we got to try to find out what the leak is. Well, you didn't need to do it publicly. Why don't you just tell the president, I want to find out how that happened. But so many of these board members through the years, in my experience, Bill, think I'm on the board. I matter. I like the publicity. I like the ego of this whole thing. And they all want to be included and involved more or less. You know, that's that's how they got into trouble with Tucker. Then the uh, and, and, you know, what I tell people at Michigan State, the, like Izzo says, they say, well, we need strong leadership. We need strong leadership. Define that. Define strong leadership at Michigan State, because you can be the biggest leader in the world, but you still got to get past eight board people, okay? Then you got to get past public opinion. Then you got to get past all your staff and all that. And I've always thought at Michigan State, there are so many chefs that are in the kitchen trying to make this thing work. Where Izzo gets a break, besides the fact his record keeps him safe, is that his longevity there and his wit, he knows exactly what buttons to push and how to play this thing. He was on today with me. I don't think he said a word to anybody since this all broke on September 10th. And he was very careful about it. I mean, he said, you know, he feels bad for the players and so on and so forth. Pretty much what you would thought. But strong leadership to me is difficult to define because the world is so much more complicated with so many people at Michigan State and there's so much publicity. Then, as you say, you throw in all the social media. And if you're not winning everything, you know, I wonder how would this have played out if Tucker would have won 11 or 12 games last year? 
Would there be trouble? Yeah, but I think he'd have had some allies then because, gee, we can't lose this guy. We're winning all these games. Well, they didn't win, and they're not winning. And I also think one of his huge problems, which was the problem when they got him in the first place, what is he going to do to make himself friendly, available, and he's going to he's going to mesh with the Michigan State community the way that Izzo and other coaches here do? I never remember him doing that at all, or very, very limited in a lot of different ways. He had nobody to fall back on. So when their tough times came like this, I mean, all these other coaches around here in my time, they've always had allies, they've always had friends, that I just don't think Tucker ever cultivated that. I, I don't know what he does with his free time. I don't know where he's been or whatever. You always heard things, and I don't know how this is going to play out. And I don't know if he's guilty or innocent. I have no idea about that. But what he admitted to is what's going to get him terminated because Michigan State's going to make a huge deal that he violated his contract. We are firing him for cause. If you want to fight it in court, you know that's going to come. Then somebody else at the university can take that up, and we're moving on with football. And I think that's the, the where the athletic department is with this right now. Now, whether it gets complicated down the road with the new president or not, that's a big stay tuned because I have no idea who's going to come in here and how it's going to look at that point. It's, hey, it's a soap opera. It's, it's, it's one of my guys here in the office says, Michigan, he says, the only reason you've been on with that show for 31 years is because you're next door to the gift that keeps on giving. He thought it was funny, and I think there's a lot of reality to it. And at that Jones Day report, the firm they hired to look into the possibility of leaks from within Michigan State leadership or offices, if that shows that the Brenda Tracy name and the report and things connected to it, whatever was leaked, that's a whole nother uh, hornet's nest. So we'll keep you posted, Tim. I appreciate your huge opinion on the situation. We'll talk next week. Good, Billy. Enjoy the weekend. And by the way, I don't know this guy the way you know him, but I heard him last night. I wish the world had full of coaches like Peter Sturzma at Hope College. I've never met him, don't know him, I, but listening to him, I wish the world had more coaches like that guy based off hearing him with you. I think Peter Sturzma, uh, again, his kids are uh, going to Hope still. I've told everybody, I, he, he's a D1. He has everything you need in a D1 coach right now outside of uh you know, D2, uh, you know, FCS football experience, incredible leader. Same thing with Tony Anise at Ferris. And I, I was throwing out names when the message board was talking about, oh, somebody big may be hired. And I'm like, no, this might be the Eastern coach. Maybe you're Michigan State, you go a low-key route, and you take a guy who's going to roll up his sleeves, have a staff uh, that's credible. And I'm not saying this current staff is, but just everything with the program is about credibility. And Peter Sturzma uh, does that a D3 hope. And I think Tony Anise, his track record, how they looked against Montana on the road, what they've done in Big Rapids. I'm surprised that no Mac school or lower level tier mid-major D1s have come after him. But I know Ferris is lucky to have him and Hope is lucky to have Peter. I'll let him know you said that, my man, okay? Absolutely. I mean, I heard him. I bought into everything, and I thought Hope College is darn lucky to have a guy of that caliber based off listening to him with you yesterday. Yeah, well, we, we love you, Timmy. Take care, man. You too. Talk to you soon, Bill. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I believe Sturzma could take over Michigan State and win right now as a D3 coach or a niece. I, I really do. They're that good. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. 
It is time to go inside the leadership locker room once again with Greg Harris. He joins us. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Billy. Good to see you. All right, let's talk about that sage book and sage advice and uh, what you can bring to the table with people listening right now. The book itself was a wonderful project for me to honor my parents and grandparents and the wisdom they gave me, the sage advice. The sad part, Billy, is sometimes we don't listen. We think we know. And the book really, I hope, is a message for those that buy it and read it. Go back and learn from your elders and people that mentored you because they give you nuggets to live by. I didn't always do that, Bill. That's the part of the book. What do you think is the best nugget uh, somebody uh, who was a little bit older than yourself gave you that you still use today to maximize leadership? My grandpa was a good businessman, and he said to me, Hey, Greg, don't put lipstick on a pig. If it's a bad deal, walk away. And your grand... Father was a smart man. Smart man, exactly. Yeah, there you go. All right, Greg Harris again. uh, Sage Advice is the book available uh, wherever you get your books. And also you can go to uh, MaximizeLeadership.com to find out more. That's MaximizeLeadership.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. We're the only show willing to tell like it is. We're also the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. 19 stations for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. There you can hear the live stream weekdays at 3. And our free podcast are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcast. Big. Bad. Huge. 